What's up, everybody? This is Jerry Ferrara, and you are listening to the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah podcast. Pete Berg is very excited. That's great, Ari. But I'm not going to lie to you. He's heard the rumors, and he wants to sit down with you and talk. That's fine. I have a couple things I want to talk to him about also. Oh, yeah, like what? A couple casting ideas I got. Okay, we'll see if we can set up a meeting this week. See if you can set it up for today. I don't know if he's available today. Yeah, we'll call him and find out. Wait, is he around today? I don't need E there. I don't know if I'm going to be around today. I don't need a babysitter, Ari. Are you okay? Yeah, it's fine. I just want to get things moving. I can hear that. Okay, call me back. You got him. Welcome back, everybody, to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, The Entourage Podcast. I am your host, J.R. Hickey, coming to you from Wilmington, Vermont, on the East Coast this week. I'll be in New York City next week when you're listening to this episode. We've got another great episode of the pod this week. Danny from Time Immemorial joins us once again. He's a Sopranos superfan. He's lord of all Sopranos memes and content. He's been doing the Sopranos thing on the internet for, I think, over 10 years. But he's got a healthy amount of love for our entourage and joined us once again to break down episode 9 of season 7. Check out all of Danny's stuff at omuerta.com and at time immemorial underscore on social media. The links to check those both out are in the show notes of today's episode. Next week for the finale, Lose Yourself, I brought on my good friends Tyle Banduho and Benjamin Cruz. We had a great time. We had some drinks. It's a nice long episode. Buckle up and get ready for that. Follow the pod at oh yeah Pod Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and give me a follow if you feel like it at jr will do it thanks for listening have a great rest of your week and i'll talk to you next monday my guest this week is the preeminent sopranos expert and content creator on the internet he's hosting a halloween party at tony soprano's house later this month we had him back on in season six for murphy's lie dialing in from baltimore maryland danny from time immemorial welcome back to the entourage podcast thanks for having me man what quite an intro as always you know, we just had a really great in-depth conversation about our unique, like, lives that we live. Like, in, in a way, you are, like, the inverse of me just for The Sopranos, but you've been doing it for a lot longer. It's weird, right? Like, we are these two voices that support these HBO shows in this way that isn't super affiliated with the show, but I don't know. It's 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 like a, a unique little club we're in here. It's like we brushed elbows, you know, with, with the heroes that we're you know, fixated on here. And, and <laughs> it's, it's, we, we both want to do what we can for as long as we can, but yeah, it's, it's weird when you've, uh, you've stepped out from being a faceless anonymous page. Um, I thankfully don't have to put my voice on the line as often as you. Um, and like the, I, you know, I'm, I'm putting out 2d image, you know, a video clip here and there. Um, you're, you're putting in a lot more, uh, Let's let's just say a lot more on the line as far as just like time and effort. So kudos to you. I hope that it pays off for you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So tell us what you're doing at the end of the month at Tony Soprano's literal house in New Jersey. This is so fucking cool as a Sopranos fan myself. We met the owner of the house during our Sopranos con days. Um, and we've all moved on from that, but our relationships are still very much intact. And we just had a idea for a Halloween uh party there and um we decided to go through with it i mean we we weren't really sure it was going to work this year but all the pieces lined up and now we get to add this twist where instead of people you know dressing up like frankenstein you can come dressed up like uncle jr or your favorite wise guy in the backyard watch the giants jets game um we gotta have at least seven cast members there and i've also just invited a slew of people that most of my crowd you know they'll They'll be surrounded by faces that they've seen on social, you know, day in, day out, you know, for several years. Very cool. Check out Danny's pages at time immemorial underscore uh, on Instagram. You on Twitter too with, with same that same thing. Yep. yep. Same, same thing. thing. Check out both pages for info about the event and for photos. Dude, I can't wait to see how this turns out. That is so cool. We're doing an interesting episode of Entourage. We're doing episode nine of season seven, porn scenes from an Italian restaurant. When I first told you, that this was the episode we were going to do. You got excited. Why did you get so excited? Well, the last time we did our show, I was in the middle of my rewatch. And by the time we recorded ours, I was probably around the, that point. And when you mentioned the name, I just it just rang a bell. And I thought this is one that I was hoping 
to be on if I was going to ever return to the show. So it just worked out. There's some, there's some references in there that um, strike a chord with me, let's just say. And, um, you know, even the title, you know, like a great, there, there, I mean, the, the, that song, the Billy Joel song, sorry, the, the yeah. actual <laughs> song, um, scenes from an Italian restaurant is, you know, it's played in Sopranos. It's, it's something that I, you know, grew up listening to before then, you know, so again, it just, it just familiar to me, let's say. I just had a feeling, you know, I, I looked at my episodes that I have coming up and I try to pair my guests with the episodes and this one, it just felt right. So I'm glad this worked out. This episode originally aired on August 29th, 2010. Danny, where were you in life on this date? Like, where were you summer 2010? I was preparing to get married. Um, nice. I was literally like three weeks away from getting married. Shit. So, yeah, I was definitely with, still with my boys on Sunday night watching the show, um, <laughs> for sure. And, um, yeah, I can remember being at my my friend's apartment every Sunday to to watch the to watch that was like the, this is like the one show I, I was able to watch live uh, for most of the series that communal thing that doesn't happen anymore that's what I think we all miss so much about HBO Sunday nights in general and I think that's why people love returning to content like this is because it reminds them of sitting around with their boys and chopping it up before and after an episode of Entourage and Sopranos same with Sopranos, actually, the fans. I mean, we we joke that peak life was when Sopranos and Entourage came on back to back. That's right. Um, but really, like, take away Entourage from the equation is that, like, Sopranos changed Sunday nights for a lot of people. And oh, yeah. that's what they remember when you bring up the show is, like, spending time with their family, spending time with their friends, and just making it, like, a priority to be in front of the TV at 9 o'clock. And that's what's funny about Entourage is obviously a little bit younger male stewing show, but it's always the story I, I keep getting over and over again is on Sunday nights in our dorm room, we would all get together or Sunday nights, we had just graduated college and we all still missed getting together and cracking drinks and watching the show. So uh, 1000%. Here's some fun facts for you about this summer, though. Just three weeks later, three weeks after this episode aired on September 19th, 2010, the American period crime drama television series Boardwalk Empire premiered on HBO. Dude, that's the day after I got married, <laughs> which is the day the day I got married wasn't planned this way. But that's also James Gandolfini's birthday. Wow. So it's like my wife looks back. I, I can promise you that Sopranos is my wife's least favorite subject. <laughs> um, and uh, when we look back and we're able to say things like, oh, it's James Gandolfini's uh, birthday. It's like, is that she looks at me like, what well, did you plan that? Like, is that why <laughs> you you push? And I'm like, no, I didn't even know at the time. Um so just coincidence that it worked out that way. But yeah, Boardwalk Empire, another great show. It was created by longtime Sopranos writer Terrence Winter. It's set chiefly in Atlantic City, New Jersey during the Prohibition era in the 1920s and stars Steve Buscemi as Nucky Thompson. Steve Buscemi, longtime Sopranos alum. The pilot episode was directed by Martin Scorsese and it produced at a cost of $18 million. The mm. series premiered on September 19, 2010, and its five-season run of 56 episodes ended on October 26, 2014. Widespread crit critical acclaim, particularly for its visual style, its basis of historical figures, as well as for Buscemi's lead performance. It received 57 Primetime Emmy Award nominations, including two for Outstanding Drama Series. So you you fucked with the show. It was uh, You were a fan as well. I, I definitely was. I, to this day, will regard it as probably one of the most underrated shows. Um, yep. You know, across, you know, wide, just call it from a wide, a mainstream standpoint. Um but also that it it feels like just like the largest theater production of all time. It just feels very authentic, but it also just feels like you're in a theater, you're, you're watching a play, every scene, uh, the sets are just outstanding, the costumes are, are great. I mean, this is before you even talk about the writing and the acting yeah. itself. It's just a very well done show. It's not something that was put out for fluff. Like, um, what was that one rock and roll entourage version show they came out with? That How to Make in America. The East Coast Entourage. What? No, the one with um, Jipper. Oh fuck. Um, the the actor that played. I'm drawing a blank now. The the actor that played Jipper Zetti. Oh, uh, vinyl. Vinyl. I mean, like one. That one felt like it was rushed out. You know, um, to to you know to shake waves or to waves, and it didn't. You know, and and they, yeah. they sacrificed yeah. the show like Boardwalk Empire um, with so much like artistic integrity. Um, for that and that's that is the most disappointing part of that show but i'm repeating something that someone said on a different podcast but cocaine plays a 
prevalent uh, role in this episode and in The Sopranos and in the show Vinyl. But in Vinyl, when Bobby Cannavale does cocaine, it's the most ridiculous thing ever. He does it very theatrically and over the top. Like he whips his head back and stares at the ceiling and let the camera will spin. It like kind of in a way ruined on-screen cocaine use for me. I'm like, but that's... Not that I'm around it a lot, but it's just like that's not how anybody reacts to doing anything. That's no, uh, I mean it's it's he's a, Bobby. I can't believe I broke, drew a blank on his name, but he's an outstanding actor. And like yeah. I remember feeling the same thing, just like over the top everything. I I, I was more looking forward to the quote celebrity cameos. You know, the entourage yeah. style of it was what I liked the most. But then they pivoted. I probably to Ballers was probably the next pivot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, that was definitely more enjoyable, but you know, not a not all in all a great show, especially compared but to Raj. None as good as Boardwalk Empire. I think we're in agreement. And I think that's one that if people are looking for something to rewatch right now, I mean, there's a, a writer's strike just got done. There's a screen at screen actors guild strike. There's not going to be a lot of new content going into Christmas. Rewatch Boardwalk Empire. It's a nice piece of like meat to chew on. Nice piece of content in a way. So. uh I really, I need to do that at some point. Dude, Mark, Maybe I'll do Scorsese, a rewatch podcast. Yeah. Scorsese endorsed it. You know, it's like, you gotta, you gotta just take it from there. If you're, if you're not someone who likes talk, you're probably not going to enjoy it. Yeah. That's the only thing I can really say going into it, you know, but if you like mob stuff, especially, it's just, just it's not, it doesn't have to all be historically accurate, you know, um, it's, but it, it's, it's very, it's very enjoyable for, for someone like me, let's say. Quick recap of this week's episode of Entourage. And it's not quick, so grab a glass of water or something if you want, Danny. When Vince learns that one of the guys Sasha will be gangbanging is her former fiancé, he pushes E to get her apart in Airwalker. They fight over E's hesitance and whether Vince is high. E continues to give Scott the cold shoulder at work. While out bowling with his family, Ari refuses to talk to Amanda Daniels even though she keeps calling. And later, Queen Latifah breaks the news to him that Amanda Daniels is bringing an NFL team to LA. Turtle receives a call from a furious Carlos. Why is Mark Cuban interested in Avion? Carlos, already en route to see Turtle, demands he quit talking to Tila until then. With Cuban also headed to LA, Turtle decides the two should meet. Drama strikes up a friendship with E's assistant Jenny, who persuades him to hear out Phil Yudota on the Johnny's Bananas idea. Pete Bird, the new director of Airwalker, tells Vince and E that he doesn't care about any of the rumors. He just wants to make a movie. Vince then asks Bird for a part for Sasha, and Bird agrees that she can have a small role, one with sequel potential. Carlos arrives at the mansion and finds Mark Cuban's team in attendance as well. Feeling ambushed, he lays out his terms for expansion. $5 million with zero restrictions. Cuban threatens to purchase the company outright. Carlos then reveals to Turtle that since he has an older brother who would love to sell the company, Avion is now lost. Drama again turns to Jenny when he starts to feel nervous about, be about meeting with Phil. Soothed, he tells Phil that he's in and leaves immediately, unaware of the elaborate song and dance Phil has prepared for him in a conference room. Mr. and Mrs. Ari enjoy a phone-free dinner in the same restaurant as Vince, Sasha, and also Amanda Daniels. Ari tries to call her from the bathroom where he has had Jake hide a cell phone. An enormous scene erupts when Amanda approaches to finish her conversation and Ari threatens to destroy her. Amanda counters that it was a disgruntled ex-assistant who released the tapes and that she had called to bring him in on the NFL deal, an offer no longer on the table. Ari leaves alone as Mrs. Ari tries to overcome her humiliation. Vince tells Sasha he has a part for her in Airwalker, so she can now turn on the Dane-Bane role, and that he loves her. Sasha respond responds, it sounds more like he's trying to control her. The two argue in the hallway and then have sex in the bathroom. Last, Drama, Lloyd, Billy, Turtle, and Alex celebrate Drama's new series. While in search of more tequila, Lloyd discovers a very large bag of cocaine. Danny, what was your favorite moment from this week's episode of Entourage? I mean, uh, well, there's different levels of favorite. Listening to your recap, the first thing that makes me laugh is just just envisioning Billy getting out of the pool to say "Sweet <laughs> Jesus," <laughs> and just like the way they find the blow is just is just really funny. Like, oh, I couldn't find the tequila, but I found this. It's like, oh, that's a lot of cocaine, bro. Like, like. By the way, it's like the most cocaine <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> It's like a comical amount. Yeah. Anyone would know it's like way more than like a personal amount. It's probably like a hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollars worth of cocaine. Right. It's like in a gallon space comical, right? It's yeah. not as funny as that. Um, but it's it's you know, it, it's basically the next level, you know, because one person's amount that he has hidden in a like a pantry like it's really not even hidden so easily discoverable and what makes it really funny to me is that in the background we know he's looking for some you know so you know it's it's funny to me as far when you ask favorite like that kind of just makes me chuckle <laughs> <laughs> well he wants to make Avion the official drink of the maps no wonder this stuff is great and i know hard liquor you got any more 
Check the cabinets. We should make a banana-flavored version and make it the official drink of my show. We could all benefit. You don't flavor tequila, Drama. Yeah, plus the deal's not done yet, and I'm pretty sure I'd be the one who'd stand to benefit from such things. I don't know, Billy. Stars rule, baby. Your agency rules. Don't fuck with us, Billy. <laughs> Agency's rule. You too funny, Lloyd. I couldn't find the tequila, but I did find this. What the fuck is that? Well, it ain't baking soda, bro. Sweet Jesus. Let's go all the way in on this one. My favorite, like, probably just from a enjoyment standpoint and personal interest is when Ari goes in the bathroom and there's just like that Godfather reference. And instead of a gun, it's, it's Ari's gun, you know, um, but yeah. just his phone's taped there. And it's just, it's just funny to me. I want to save like the exchange he has with his wife right before that for later on when we talk about quotes, but that is, yeah, it, it has a nice Godfather homage to it. Like the, the, you know, the water taint and the, the gun behind the water taint. It's, it's great. That whole scene we need to kind of like, dissect a little bit longer but my favorite moment from the episode it's the meeting between carlos's lawyer and turtle when turtle like surprises surprises and quotes him with mark cuban i feel like it, it does a good job of going from congenial to awkward to then cuban threatening carlos at the end it actually felt to me like a scene that we would normally see like ari or amanda or dana gordon involved in with like vincent e not turtle and mark cuban who just showed up last week so it's kind of a nice change to that dynamic Carlos is literally like, well, where's my $5 million? And Cuban's just like, how about I just buy your fucking company? And kind of like leans over him. It's nice. Like, no one is acting particularly great in the episode, in the in that scene. Like, it's not like off the charts, crazy dramatic. But in terms of like the dynamic of the characters in the show, I just like that change of pace. Well, you don't usually expect a, a super realistic acting performance from a cameo. For what I noticed from him was when the temperature, when it goes from like, check out this fucking bottle to, no, I didn't know that. You know, when he's talking about, you know, his dad designed it, first one. And it's like, you can, you can see the, you can just see his facial expression change. Like you, it, it felt, that felt real to me as far as like, yeah, like, oh shit, like he's like gulping Bob Odenkirk, great, you know, supporting person to be with him in that scenario. Um, but yeah, like I, I I agree in the sense that like usually you already have to suspend belief a little bit, but in this one it, it just felt natural. Carlos, we meant no disrespect. Like they're they're like they're immediately like they put the bottle away, they like hide it. They're like oh shit, that was a bad move. But no, like but you know we talked about uh, Mark Cuban being on Shark Tank. He goes into shark mode. He suddenly is like I'm the apex predator here. Like I'm gonna eat this guy's company up no matter what. He goes, it's not for sale. He goes, yeah, it is. Like, he just knows. Like, the way he says, that's yeah, cool. it is. It's just yeah. like, turtle, I'll call you. It's like that. Yeah, turtle, I'll call you. I'm not going to deal with this guy. I'm going to deal with you. Like, it's like you started off like, you know, let's just say friendly. You know, like you started off like you wanted this to be amicable and like, you know, not necessarily quote unquote on Carlos's terms, but like more considerate to him than at the end of the conversation where just like, well, fuck you. Like I'm, I'm and like the ultimate flex. Um. You know, it's like, uh, what's the point of having fuck you money if you can't say fuck you? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and then at the end of the episode, we did like the phone call on the plane where basically Turtle's like trying to scramble that, well, what about a water company? What about a vodka company? And Cuban gets on the phone and is like, no, I want a tequila company. I'm in Texas. It shares an 800-mile border with Mexico. Like, this is going to be the official drink of the Mavericks. Like, And he's, he's basically like, Turtle, fuck you if you're not on board. Like, this is going to be mine now. And that's pretty cool to see in the world of entourage that like he's bigger than a lot of these guys right like in terms of his power i have a little surprise for you too i have for you edgar has prepared a non-disclosure agreement which legally binds you from discussing my company i already agreed not to discuss it i know but this makes it legal and if you don't sign it edgar will break your legs okay yeah i'll sign i'll sign it but first i got someone i want you to meet who you can discuss the company with what carlos this is mark cuban and his business partners ken austin and kevin shaw pleasure <sighs> love your tequila sir Great to meet you. What is this, an ambush? <laughs> we thought just a pleasant meeting. Unless you're prepared to give me $5 million to build my new factory, it won't be. Oh, I'm prepared. In fact, we'd like to contribute even more. Kevin, show him the bottle. What is this? I had the specially designed. This is hot. Yeah. That's to show you how we're going to bring your company to the States with a bang. Did you know about this? No, but I do like it. My father designed the original bottle with his own hands. Did you know that? No. Now, we, we meant no disrespect, Carlos. The original is beautiful. We just thought this was 
an updated version. It's shit. Now, do you have $5 million for me or not? Yeah, but we thought we'd discuss terms. The terms are my terms or no terms. What if I just bought your fucking company? It's not for sale. Yes, it is. Go to hell. Hey. I'll call you, Turtle. And I'm also going to say, just staying on the Jerry track, we've now seen how much weight our friend Jerry Ferrara has lost throughout the show, but it wasn't until this episode that we see him doing that, like, wee track and field workout. He's in a sleeveless shirt. He's fucking yoked. But like, I just got to say that, like, out of respect. It's good for Jerry, honestly. His arc, you know, is more visual, you know. Um, you know, I don't, I don't mean that in a from a written standpoint, you know, but it's more noticeable with him because you just, you know, you go back to season one, he's, he basically looks like a, you know, chubby kid. And by the final season, he's just like got his life in on track, you know, and physically as well, you know? So, and also I, I love the, we, uh, reference is just like at that point in time, like everyone had one, like, and we, yep. we may have not been doing the track and field stuff, but we were doing, we golf. And I remember tennis. Yeah, tennis. And I remember my my one of my family members had like something that was like had a scale like the we had like a scale you could you could uh, just do all your exercises on there for some reason. Like we all thought that was a good idea at one point. Yeah. Danny, we talked about bros being bros moments, just bro moments of brotherly love throughout the show or just the things that we don't really see in a lot of other telev television shows. Do you have any bros being bros moments? I think honestly, so there's a couple and this might answer a question you'll you'll have later about johnny you know um but the fact that johnny avoids e you know he's, he's basically not even avoiding like he's basically like cut him off for a couple of days you know um over getting a greenlit show i mean all of his dreams coming true yeah. and then all of them still fighting for him and not giving up on him like i thought i thought from both sides it was bro moment because when you finally hear johnny confide in e's secretary he finally admits like i thought they were making fun of me it's like he was being a bro, you know, like his reaction to it was was bro. And, you know, even E staying persistent and Phil staying persistent. I mean, I thought that was bro. Yeah. You know, I, my, and my moment is connected to that completely. So last episode last week, uh, Phil and E basically like had it out over the phone. E tells him to go fuck himself and figure it out himself with drama. And beginning of this episode, it's all water under the bridge. E and Phil are just like, hey, you know, like let's it goes without saying. Let's move past what happened. And that's a real, like, male thing to me. Is like, guys can kind of blow up at each other, have have it out, say, fuck you, fuck you. And then, like, the next day we're cool. And I like that because their ultimate goal is shared. It's let's get drama on board with the show. Phil's like, I, I just I just want to convince him. And he's like, all right, I'll try. But drama hasn't spoken to me in two days. And Phil's like, over getting them a greenlit show? He's nuts. And they're like, I know. Wait till you can have to renegotiate season three with them. Like, they, they found some commonality over, like, let's get this guy to a good place. And what's interesting is that I even had the thought rewatching where I was like surprised that they even made it a point to reference the argument they had the prior episode because they could have just been like, hey, Phil, hey, like yeah. get in touch with Johnny. So I didn't really think of the, the bro angle there until you said it. But um, I, I was kind of like, why are they like they don't need to lead this way, I guess. Like they were kind of like leading. So you understood what happened is what it felt like. And it felt like not forced but like unnecessary you know um but that now it makes a little bit more sense the way you clarify it where it's like yeah you're right like that is exactly how guys are um blow up just bury the hatchet let's move up. on like, i don't want to deal with yeah, it kind of quick sentence talking about it the next time hey uh sorry about yesterday or last yeah. <laughs> last year like whatever how long however long it takes for you guys to finally talk again i imagine in their business they have to do a lot of like you know hurry up and forget about yesterday and move on hey phil i apologize for hanging up on you i appreciate that eric but let's move past that okay i think you and i can agree that dealing with johnny can Put a person on edge. How's that help us? It doesn't. And I'm gonna find now. The studio wants to know when we can get Johnny's bananas moving, and I'm embarrassed to tell them that I may not even be able to deliver. Well, I'm working on him. Well, can you just get him over here today and I'll work on him? Well, what are you gonna do? Look, I just I just I wanna convince him. Alright, I'll try, but he hasn't spoken to me in two days. Over well, getting him a greenlit show. Yep. He really is nuts. Yeah, where do you try to renegotiate season three with him? Well, let's all pray that we get there. All right, I'll call you if I get him. Please do. Bye. What was your least favorite moment from this week's episode? I mean, it's painful watching Ari's downward yeah. spiral, but it's not my it's not like my least favorite. I would say it's it's, it's more painful to watch that. It's the same thing with Vince's going on. Um, I guess mm, I don't know that I have a really a least favorite. 
really. Um, there was nothing that stuck out to me as far as like, I don't like this, but I guess um, probably the, the it was the, the gangbang scene where they're doing the cover shoot that's in this episode or is that the final? Is that no, the- that's not sweet. That's in the okay. finale, yeah. I was telling you all that I watched maybe like seven episodes. I appreciate that. Sometimes it's hard to recall things in a vacuum from these episodes, so it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I wouldn't say th- I wouldn't say least favorite. I would just say that it was uh, it was real in the sense where it was, it was kind of a difficult watch. You have a lot of people melting down or beginning their meltdown in this episode or continuing their meltdown, and it's just not very entourage like as far as what we are. It's used not to. the vibes you're looking for, and I completely agree. Like overall. Nobody's in a great place in this episode, but I will I'll call out two things that bothered me a little bit more for my least favorite moment. So the beginning of the episode, it's Sasha, Vince, and um, Scotty Lavin out to dinner, and like they appear to be having a good time, and as soon as Scott gets up to use the bathroom, Sasha's mute, like, oh, why'd you invite him? Vince is like, what? He's my friend. What's wrong? And she goes, the conversation is lacking a little depth. And Vince goes, well, then let's change the conversation. And Sasha goes, I could bring up the Spanish Inquisition, and Scott would turn it into a sexual innuendo. You know, because so many people bring up the Spanish Inquisition at dinner. It felt to me, Danny, like a bit of an unnecessarily overwritten line that was put in there to reinforce us all of the fact that Sasha Gray is more than a porn star. She is a well-read intellectual. And I think that's the point of the scene is like all Scott wants to do is talk to her about porn. And she's like, no, I read. I have so much more to me. But it felt like it was being shoved down our throats a little bit. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that. I can definitely agree that the scene felt a little unnatural at times. And like, even the way it starts the episode, I get, like I said, we just talked about lead ins. Like I get that you have to do these things, but like the way the conversation starts is, uh, get out of here. I don't believe you. And it's like, it's true. I was the last person to lose virginity. And my, it was very like, it was clunky. Let's just put it that way. And then she wants to have a serious conversation about like her, I guess former fiance being part of the Dane Bane while Scott's in the, in bathroom. the bathroom. Like, why don't you just wait until after dinner or just not have it in yeah. the three minutes that, that someone's gone. It could have been like, hey, we got to have a talk later. And be like, Ugh. and then like, then cut. Just go <laughs> cut, to the next yeah. scene. Yeah. Oh, come on. I'm serious. I was the last of my friends to lose their virginity. Me too. <laughs> Shut up. I don't believe it either. It's the truth. It's very shy and conservative. Yeah, and then what happened? Honestly, I started watching a lot of porn. Well, I watched a lot of porn too, but I never thought to do one. Hey, Scott. Well, it's okay. Maybe you were afraid you couldn't perform. Oh, touche, touche. And hey, you two have probably had as much sex as I have. I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe. Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe he has. I really have. Well, maybe. Let's compare notes after dessert. I'm gonna use the bathroom. Where's the um? <laughs> can hardly wait. Why? Why did you invite him? We're having fun. Conversation is lacking a little depth. Right, so we'll change the subject. I could bring up the Spanish Inquisition and Scott would turn it into a sexual innuendo. Sasha, I'm sorry he called to find out what I was doing. I didn't think. I said, come join. I'm sorry. It's fine. Okay, no, it's not. What? What's wrong? I just thought it was going to be the two of us. I need to talk to you about something. Should I be worried? It's about my movie. I told you I don't want to talk about that. We need to. Unless you decided not to do it, no, we don't. I thought she said you are going to be supportive. I am. It's just already a little weird for me, and I don't need to discuss you fucking five random guys. That's the thing. They're not random. What do you mean? I got the cast list today, and I tried to talk to the producers, but they, they wouldn't replace him. Replace who? One of the guys in the gangbang scene. He used to be engaged. And then I don't know how you feel about this one. So... There's a scene where Ari is bowling with his family at Lucky Strikes, and this is a good callback to season one when the boys go on like their, they all go on like double dates to the Lucky Strikes. It's the same Lucky Strikes. It's in Hollywood. I actually, I worked for a tech company last year and our holiday party was there and I just kept telling everyone, Entourage is filmed here, baby. <laughs> no one gave a shit. Anyways, Mrs. Ari is furious that Ari is stopping to say hello to Sir Richard Branson a literal billionaire who controls over 400 companies. I would understand if he was taught like wasting time talking to some like D-list reality TV show, but her reaction makes zero sense. He's like, Sir Richard, how are you? And he's literally about to be like, this is my wife. And she's like, Ari, come back and spend time with the family. And that's not how any wife would behave in that situation. This is his business. This is easily one of his most wealthy clients. And then 
when Amanda Daniels calls Jake, who then calls her, she's like, wait, why is Amanda calling? Shouldn't you call it? What the fuck is, where are her priorities at? Like 180, and it's like, do you really not expect him to run into people he knows, like, everywhere he goes? You know, it's like the most powerful agent in, in the city as, as advertised a million times in the show. So it only makes sense that he can't walk down the street without bumping into someone that he either represents or wants to represent. So yeah, it's, it felt kind of weird that the, I definitely agree that like the wife in general, little overbearing, <laughs> little yeah. strict, little, a little unreasonable. And I think that a lot of guys can relate to that though. Um, but in, in, as far as like the storyline is concerned, I've always thought that they, they, they wrote her that way. Because they just need it. They they need that. They need Ari to have some kind of drama conflict. Foil. Yeah. Background. And I and here's the thing, Danny. I did all that. And like in the next this episode and the next week's episode, you see like she's like you put work before me our entire relationship, and then they end up taking the trial separation. Right. We all know that. If you've seen the up the show, nobody's listening to this podcast who hasn't seen the show all the way through. At least I hope not. Hope not. But it's this specific reaction to Sir Richard Branson, who is literally one of the most powerful people in the world. And he's literally like, I've got MIA and Jay-Z lined up for your Virgin Mobile Festival next week or whatever. It's like, these are like world-building deals that Ari's making. And she's like, you can't go say hi to him. We're bowling. It's like, what are you doing? Doesn't that deal pay for all of this? Like, isn't there like right. some, can't you make some concessions here? Mrs. Ari, who doesn't have a name until next season. It's just very strange. Like... So yeah, maybe I'm being nitpicky because I'm married. No, and I'm, I'm, I don't like I'm that. with you. I mean, some some stuff they definitely, you know, we, I think we we can acknowledge we love the show, but some of it's forced. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. it's just the way that this show is, and we've all learned to accept it a long time ago. Um, so some of it you're kind of just like, eh, like well, not sure that would happen like that, you know. But you know, it, the the scenes quickly move on to the next thing, and you forget about it until you're until you're digesting it later. Like, oh yeah, that was pretty funny. That you know, why would she react like that? And then it's like, what, baby? She's got twins. I mean, like it's it's awesome, you know. And it's like yeah, it's, it's that's funny, what yeah. that's what she should be like, whatever about you know, not the. Of course, you should say hi to your richest client. You know, for sure. Yes. Yes. Hi, Richard. How are you? I understand that we have an agreement right now, but like some concessions have to be made. Yeah. Hey, Daddy. <laughs> Sarah, you're up. Get out the phone. It's family night. Sarah, you're family up. Time. Okay, okay. Jeez, Why is she so moody? It's genetic. I'm here. I'm present. I'm suffering. No phones, blackberries, or carrier pigeons. You're suffering spending time with your family. Jonah, next time, boys' night out. These girls are annoying. I told you not to invite them. <laughs> hey, Ari. So, Richard, I'm seeing you Thursday. Yes, indeed. Virgin Mobile Festival. I got MIA and Jay-Z locked out. Oh, I'm in family mode and I can't talk. Oh, yeah, family mode too, so. Yes, well played, sir. I love your family. Ari! Honey, he has twins. How rare is that? Family time. We're here. We're focused. Danny, what was the most entourage moment of this week's episode? And that can mean whatever you think entourage means, in quotes. I mean, as I just said a moment ago that the entourage that we're used to seeing is not used to... We're we're used to someone melting down, you know, um, but not so many people melting down, like not so much on, uh, like, it's not, it's not just melting down. They're like catastrophic meltdowns, you know? Oh, yeah. And to me, the way that they've done it is, is entourage. Like they've made it like as big of a breakdown as it possibly could be. Like, it's just, it's just, you know, Vince's spiral, you're like watching it and you're just like, what? are you doing to yourself you know and it's it's that's this when it's that obvious it's like it's just the compounding of it all um but then again like you said like richard branson walking into a scene also is just very entourage i mean yeah. you can't you can't argue with that and also the ending too leaving you the way they leave you um setting you up you know like fighting for something the entire episode you finally get some good news and then you're back to waiting for the next bad thing you know like that's just that's the way this show does work so i mean there's there's several i i do love this episode you know there's there it's just not stereotypical but it's also very familiar it's great that you love this episode it's been hard to find guests who love this part of the show if in general so i'm I'm glad you're such a fan i, I mean i know sasha's not the greatest actor you know but i mean like she's not terrible in this and again you have to i remember seeing it live and there's a context like the girlfriend experience and like just come out you know like so it was a moment yeah it was a moment 
And I will say to to your earlier point, like the spiral beginning with Vince. I mean, it, it is he is full on in the spiral. Three separate times in this episode, Danny, people go, "Boy, Vince looks like shit." <laughs> like, like they see him and then they turn to the person next to him and they go, "He looks horrible." And then he's asleep in E's office and E's like, "Are you high?" When he's like in there arguing with him, it's it's not good. Add on fat Ari's having the biggest meltdown of his. Uh, career his marriage is on the rocks it's not great and then turtles detonating a, a mark cuban sized grenade in his girlfriend's family's business so yeah i, I just things are rotty to say right. the least so that you, could be the you, most on the way you just articulated though i mean like it's like everything is like as like paramount as it possibly could be you know, as far as like what we're used to from these characters it's like you have turtle who is now like talking to Mark Cuban, like, you know, season one, he's hustling sneakers and, and printers and stuff, you know, it's like, now he's talking to Mark Cuban, you know, um, you know, trying to make Avion, which I still, I always buy just because, <laughs> um, you know, Dallas Mavericks, you know, it's just like, he's come a long way. Um, forget the fact that he's got his girlfriend, you know, um, he's come a long way. And we've talked about the physical side, uh, Johnny ignoring E and flipping out is like the most Johnny thing that we can think of probably. So very entourage-esque. And then you got Vince's spiral is just like as like crazy as it possibly could. A porn star is involved. It's not like if you're just falling for a girl, you're falling for at the time the the most popular porn star out there. And at a time, sorry to interrupt you, when like porn stars weren't as mainstream. I would argue that if this and we could talk about this when we get to the category, like if it was today, it wouldn't be as bit of a faux pas to like be publicly seen with a porn star. Yeah, it was like this, this was like headline stuff when it when it came out for sure. And on the east side is basically the same thing, but again, like his deals are getting bigger. You know, he's about to oust Murray um, with with Scotty. It's like you know, it's about to be his shop. You know, and he doesn't. He might not know it yet. Um, but then again, he's got things going on with Sloan um, that we all are coming. Yeah. So again, yeah. like it's just. It's just the whole thing is just not what we're used to, but it's still very entourage. Yeah, and, and I'll say like just a, like two little moments on top of that. Uh, Vince and Sasha having sex in the bathroom at Wolfbane Puck. That's just something Vince does. Like he loves public sex. I've talked about it so many times. He'll just go hop in a coat room with somebody. So that felt like a bit of a throwback to early season Vince. And then the cel celebratory pool party at the end. You mentioned it. Things are finally good for a couple of the characters. The, tequila, the tequila's flowing, drama's grilling, Billy Walsh is floating in the pool, and Lloyd's there with Alex, and it's all good vibes all around until, like, the next shoe falls, and Lloyd finds a comically oversized bag of baking soda that they're right. supposed to be right. <laughs> Any lines or quotes jump out at you from this week's episode? Like I said, I, lo I, I love the way that Billy just says sweet Jesus at the end. It just It just makes me laugh. Um, and Drama says right after that, like, or right before that, we know it ain't baking powder, bro. <laughs> just like, who's he talking to? Nobody asked him anything. <laughs> right. I mean, there's there's good lines. Um, I mean, even, I mean, Ari's tirade is is, is yeah. epic, you know. Um, I've, got, I've got it right here. And I, this is what I have for for quote as well and I, I want to talk about it a little bit but the quote is i've never hit a woman in my entire life but i swear to god in my mind right now i am pummeling your smud face to a pulp for everything you did to my career my family and me but not to worry i will prevail because i'm a winner and you are a whore with more cleavage than talent and i will not stop until i destroy you the manager goes mr dole after insists that you leave me he goes excellent choice because i have a life i have to go destroy <laughs> now in this moment you're going finally ari's got his redemption against amanda daniels who was so shitty to him two seasons ago Ari wins, and then she flips it on him and is like, actually, like, I was calling you to bring in on this deal. That's the NFL, and you just fucked yourself. It's a, it's a nice rug pull for me. I personally didn't see it coming at the time. You see it coming now when you know all the facts, but she's been calling him all episode just to try to get him on the phone and talk to him, and he instead chooses to blow up at her in a public setting and demean her, which is not great. Well, I mean, so... I was a little suspicious, like you said, the the phone calls. I remember thinking, like, what could she possibly want if she's being this persistent? Then a little kind of poetic irony, you know, is the fact that she says, I've been trying to call you, I've been trying to email you, while Mrs. Ari is, you know, playing, you know, Inspector Nine with all of his communications. It's, it's like kind of her fault, you know, like yeah. that even got to this point. And then he does shoot himself in the foot with the public outburst, even, but e if he had left out the whore comment and the cleavage comment, he would have been fine. If even if she it would have been a typical Ari Gold like rant, it would have been like, oh, okay, well, like, can we talk tomorrow? You know, it, the, the fact that he called her out that, that way at the end of an epically great, like, victorious style 
Rands, he become he can't get out of the way of himself. You know, that's just his personality. And, yeah. you know, so without those comments, though, not really a lot of damage really done. Um, no one would have asked him to leave. His wife wouldn't have been embarrassed. But I did think it was kind of funny that, like, it's kind of indirectly her fault that it even a good got point. to that point. Didn't think about that. She's been, like, policing his phone for the last, like couple of days and she's and amanda's like i've been trying to hold of you like what but at the same time it's like amanda why can't you just be like ari I, i'm back with the nfl please call me like just text yeah. me. It's <laughs> yeah, like how exactly. is that so hard you know um because it's not like we didn't have text messaging back then calm down stay calm hello uh, you must be ari's wife and you must be the one that sent the tapes of my husband i'd like to explain that actually walk away amanda but you just called me and said you wanted to talk I... what, he just called you yes and then he hung up on just me. just walk the fuck away. Must have been from the bathroom. I... Okay, look, I'm sitting here with my husband trying to have a nice meal. Perhaps the two of you could speak tomorrow. Absolutely. Understood. I'm sorry to disturb you. You're sorry? You're sorry for what? You're sorry for leaking slanderous, out of context nonsense hard. about me, huh? And then rifling through all my hard work to steal my football team? Your fuck you. Okay, we... fuck you. Hold on a second. I've never hit a woman in my entire life. But I swear to God, in my mind right now, I am pummeling your smug face to a pulp for everything that you did to me, my career, and my family. But not to worry, all right? Because I will prevail, because I'm a winner, and you're a whore with more cleavage than talent. And I will not stop until I destroy you. Mr. Gold, I have to insist that you leave. Excellent choice, because I have a life to destroy. You just did. Beautifully, I might add. Mm. Because all I wanted to tell you yeah. was that I didn't send the tapes. Uh, I discovered that my assistant, now ex-assistant, took it upon himself to do so. See, he worked for you once upon a time, and he had his own vengeance in mind. And as for the NFL, I've been trying to contact you, call you, email you, to get you back involved. But I guess you were too distracted thinking about, I don't know, my cleavage? To think that I actually had something to offer you. See, uh, they and I thought, despite all that had happened, that you could still be an asset to us. I don't anymore. In terms of music, we were talking about this before we started recording. This isn't a great episode musically for Entourage. Normally, Entourage episodes are kind of like highlighted by their music drops, their needle drops. I'll call out one song. It's the, after the, they find the coat, it's the end credit songs. It's the song Patience by Nas and Damian Marley. I mean, it just is like a more of a slow, sad song, but I, I don't have anything else. And if anyone wants to listen to all the music that we love from the show, we have a playlist that's called Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah Music. The link to listen to that is in the show notes of today's episode. It's on Spotify. I was going to say that the only thing that stuck out to me, the episode was the, that was the end credits was when I realized that I was supposed to be paying attention to it. <laughs> and I, I was like, well, I guess nothing really stuck out to me if this is the first time I'm really remembering to pay attention to the music. So I would have to go back with a different set of ears, you know, to say that definitively, because there might be a gem in the background that I'm just forgetting about right now. I've done the research. There really isn't. Okay, like, cool. Truly, there isn't. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Celebrity cameos. There are a lot in this episode. They start to ramp up to like a uncomfortable level at this at this time in the show. And I think it's this might be one of those episodes where we have... Sir Richard Branson, Queen Latifah, Ethan Supley, Pete Bird, and Brian Urlacher. Who did you like? Who didn't you like? I did not really like Urlacher. Um, just, just didn't feel right. Uh, God, don't. At the time, he was, but he's just, you know, just didn't. It just didn't feel. It just didn't feel right. Didn't age well. You know, like if anyone's rewatching this now and they weren't, they're not a football. They, no one knows who that is. Um, but. You know, at the time, like I said, to me, it like it definitely was like, oh shit, like Brian Urlacher, like that was like peak football for for me too, like just knowing who that is. Uh, but it didn't, it just didn't feel right. I was not thinking of this as a cameo in the sense I, I was ready to say Bob Odenkirk this whole time. Oh, hey, listen, he, I, I he's he's more of like a Death Star, but yeah, he's incredible. not playing himself, you know. So I, I thought about that. So I'd probably say, based on the remaining pool, my favorite would probably be Branson. You know, just yeah, just so random. And you would you would think that something like this would actually be like beneath him almost. But like at the time, everyone was like, "This is the hottest show on TV. We have to get involved." And somehow, and get, you know, and every single person gets their their charity or their company shout out by a character on the show. So it's like, here is celebrity, and here is company that they're doing stuff with. Even Queen Latifah was like, "I wanted to get involved in the NFL because of my scholarship foundation or something like that." And Ari's right. like, "Of course." I'm gonna say though, 
Pete Bird is a pretty good cameo. He's been on the show once or twice before as like a guy that Ari's calling to, to you know to come off the bench, but his little meeting with Vince and E at Earth Cafe, he's like, Don't kiss my ass, Vince. I don't care if you date three porn stars. Hell, marry a card call girl. Marry a guy whose sole job it is to get you heroin. All I care is that you show up every day ready to work on time. And if you don't, I'll take the shit out of you. That's not a threat. It's a fact. And he points to E. He's like, I'll take the shit out of you too, buddy. Like, it's just, it's the director that Vince has been looking for for this job, right? I don't care if you're on drugs. I don't care if you're dating a porn star. Just show up ready to work. We've talked about Pete Bird before, but he's an American director, producer, writer, and actor. He directed the sports drama Friday Night Lights, the superhero comedy drama Hancock, Battleship in 2012, the war film Lone Survivor, which Jerry Ferrara was in, Deepwater Horizon, Patriot's Day, that horrible movie Spencer Confidential, and then he's helped produce the television series Friday Night Lights, which was a big, big hit for um, uh, NBC. That earned two Primetime Emmy Awards, and as an actor, he was also Dr. Billy Tronk on the CBS medical drama Chicago Hope for five years. So, like, not only is he a acclaimed director he's an acclaimed actor and producer as well so just cool to see him mixing up with the boys i didn't know he was an actor but i definitely watching the scene i was like wow like they found they found someone who can act like you know that's actually like in that world and you don't you're not you're not saying to yourself that guy's acting you know like because that's how you feel when you see gus van zandt yeah, you definitely feel like you definitely are like, oh my god, this is like really uncomfortable almost. <laughs> I feel uncomfortable for you, you know, like um, but in this one, it's like you said, like it's not he's delivering great lines very naturally. He's got a really good like voice for this too. You know, it's just like he felt natural for sure. And he's as disheveled as Vince's. He's like kind of wide-eyed. He's just wearing like an Under Armour t-shirt. You know that like he showed up on set and he's like, I'm wearing this. And they were like, all right. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it no was wardrobe. Like wardrobe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no wardrobe today. No, I would, I would definitely say that you know, the ideal candidate for Vince or just anyone to work with where it's like they do not care about your personal life as long as it doesn't make the work suffer. And that's what everyone is really looking for. Forget about being creative. Everyone's looking for a boss that just like, you don't have to be afraid to be yourself around. And like leaves you alone relatively outside of like, just deliver what I asked for. And that those are the best types of bosses. And he still manages to fumble it all away next episode somehow. Somehow. <laughs> Pete, this is my manager, Eric, who's supposed to be out of town today. <sighs> I'm not, I'm here. So what's going on? Well, I was just about to tell Pete that out of all the meetings I've had on this, it is so refreshing to have someone with ideas for a change. Don't kiss my ass, Vince. I'm sorry. It's, I, I got Ari and this guy in my head telling me to watch myself. I don't care about the rumors. I care about making a movie. Me too. You have nothing to worry about. Nothing at all, Pete. Yeah, I know, because, see, I don't really care if you marry three porn stars. Marry a call girl. Marry some dude whose sole job is to get you heroin. I don't care. Just show up ready to work on time. All right. If you don't, I will kick the shit out of you. Well, there's no reason to make threats. Oh, it's not a threat. It's a fact. I'll kick the shit out of you, too. Don't fuck around. It's not going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. Good. What was the best perk? And this doesn't have to just be, like, the car that Vince is driving, but, like, what just general perk to being in Entourage? I, I thought it was awesome. Like, not okay, not awesome, but I, I, I thought, like, having the perk of being able to pitch to Pete, Ber Pete Berg, like, hey, my, my girlfriend's an actor, too. Like, what do you think? Do you need her? I mean, like, could you use her? I mean, he obviously had an ulterior motive, but the way he delivers it is definitely more, it feels at least a little bit more genuine. And if you're Pete, you're taking it as genuine because he doesn't know the context. Um, but I definitely thought to myself, like, yeah, it would be definitely nice to be able to just like have connections like that, where it's like you're trying to solve a problem and like it's a very good way to solve one for a lot of people, right? Wait, I have one idea I'd like to run by Pete. You know I'm dating Sasha Gray. I heard. She's talented. I've seen her work. I saw her in the Soderbergh thing and uh, what was the other movie? The, the Smash Cut. Smash Cut. She actually wasn't horrible in Smash Cut. I saw it. Do you think you could use her in this? I, I, I hate working with couples. I think that's a huge mistake. I think it's a terrible idea, too. And we're just thrilled you're on board, Pete. It's just yeah. a suggestion. Yeah. She'll read if you need her to. Vince, you serious? We have great chemistry. <laughs> I'll I tell you what we could do. She could... Um, the Jim Logan secretary, right? I mean, kind of the lowest lane thing. Exactly. I mean, okay, maybe yes. small part. Yeah. If there's a sequel, she kills. How about that? That's, that's All right? perfect. That'll work for you? All right. Thank you. Okay. I'll also say, like, 
human just swinging by to Turtle's place with like a brand new bottle that they whipped together like the night before to meet Carlos. That's a pretty nice perk. Like Turtle wasn't getting that type of attention in season one. And then uh, Phil Yodota having like a whole Johnny's Banana themed like presentation party at his office ready for drama who has been nothing but negative and dismissive of the idea the entire time. Like that's just the perk you get for having a greenlit show almost greenlit. I even thought to myself like, man, like there was actually some wasted stuff. I was like thinking yeah. that I was like the guy before, like he's making this glass bottle. Like it's like, I was like, Turtle didn't even know about it. Like he's like, I didn't know, but like, I really like it. Cause you can tell that he's not used to this either. Like you just said, and like Johnny's presentation where he doesn't even walk all the way down the hallway after all of this. It's like, dude, I, I'm thinking to myself, if I was one of those people, I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, I just, spent <laughs> I, was, my, I, I just pulled an all-nighter. I just had to this animation. reschedule my whole afternoon. I'd turn around all these clients, like my, my, my kid's birthday, like whatever it is. And it's like, you don't even come in. I mean, like that would drive me insane. But at the same time, it was, it was funny to me that everyone's just celebrating because it doesn't matter how you get the win. You just got the win. Maybe you wasted some time, but this is like a team, you know, like, so it's like a, it's not, it's nice. It was nice seeing them react that way and not like the way you expected someone like Phil to be like, he's in, but fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah, he's in, but what the fuck? Like, all right, everyone eat, eat something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's eat. Excuse me, could you check and see when Phil might be ready to see me? Cause I have another meeting after this. Sure. What was your name again? You kidding me? Did you hear that? But why won't they treat me right? They will, and they are. It doesn't feel that way to me. Johnny. What? Take a deep breath. I can't. I can't even breathe right now. Why are you freaking out? Look, I didn't tell you earlier, but my condo's being foreclosed on. Nobody knows, not even Vince. Johnny, I'm so sorry. Ah, it's my own fault. I overextended myself again. Look, you're about to be the star of your own show. Just trust me. I do. Call me after, OK? I will. Hey, Jenny. Yeah? Thanks. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Hey, Johnny, sorry for the wait. Took a little longer than I thought to set up, but I am ready for you right now in the conference room. You know what, Phil? We don't need to meet. It's good. Make the deal. I'm in. Later. Let's wrap all of this. He's in. How would this episode be different today, plot-wise, Danny? Um, you probably have a different actor for Sasha. That'd probably be it, really. I mean, like you'd have some tech, you'd have some technology differences. You know, like what are the chance? Well, I mean, honestly, like they they intentionally chose that bathroom for Ari for a reason, just because you're never gonna find an old fashioned toilet like that anywhere. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'd say there's you'd have some different stars. You know, like as far as cameos are concerned, Branson probably is the only one that ages, and, and Cuban they age well, as in they're still relevant from a social, you know, impact right now. Um, Definitely relevant, even bigger for in Cubans, but, yeah. like world yeah social relevance is like through the roof you know so it's like that that's but again like we talked about Urlacher that maybe that's replaced with somebody and maybe that's your quarterback Lamar Jackson or something yeah there you go <laughs> I'll say plot wise though Ari's meltdown to Amanda wouldn't be at a restaurant it wouldn't be a Wolfgang Puck it would be on social media it would be like some sort of poorly lit uploaded late night video response or it would be some sexist derogatory comments on twitter or on instagram basically we're like the mob can see it and then the mob can come for him and then his whole public perception is in the toilet because in 2010 when this is taking place a big public outburst at a restaurant with some sexist derogatory comments would make headlines in the trades but today it's all on social media. That's the only difference to me. It's like it doesn't happen in front of anybody. It just happens. Well, like from the tapes being phones. released is a good point. Me too movement and all that kind of stuff. It's like that yeah. that um that would be a little bit differently received for sure. And and maybe they could have presented it, like you said, like a Twitter beef, you know, like someone's making a reel or a TikTok just ranting, you know, and, and it's, they just he just goes too far. Like yeah, he, an interview goes too line. far, a podcast goes too far, and then it the, the clip becomes viral. And now, like you said, the masses come with pitchforks and, you know, it's, you know, he's, he's more, so, he's actually, it's wor he's way worse off than a magazine picking it up. Yes, because it's not as industry 
in insider. It's like no, that, now the world knows that you're a sexist asshole, not just like the people who work at the at the agencies. Absolutely, I agree with you there. Sits man award it doesn't have to be a man, just anyone who comes on the screen for a few minutes and and lights it up. I'm gonna give a shout out to Jenny, E's assistant. She does a great job this episode. She does a great job. I probably I would probably say Pete Berg just from just from a standpoint of like. If the show doesn't miss a beat when they bring on somebody new, they really did. They really did their job well, you know. Um, Definitely, so it's not just like the star power. It's not just the name that brings the weight. It's like you know the the perform. It actually made the scene better. Yeah, back to Jenny. I'll I'll argue that like she convinces drama. Like, and it's very staged. Like, he's like call my my buddy who like will do anything for a pretty girl with like a cute accent. But like. She makes him feel, like, talked about his insecurities and made him feel more comfortable with the fact that, like, no, this is for you. This is something that anyone in your position would love to get. And, like, you should feel proud and celebrated, not embarrassed and insecure. And he even says to her, like, I was embarrassed. I got angry. And then I, would, I went too far and I couldn't walk that back. So she kind of elicits, like, some vulnerability from drama, who's arguably the most vulnerable character in the show. We see his vulnerability all the time. But uh, she does a good job. And she's played by actress Janet Montgomery. She's a UK actress. She's also played Dr. Lauren Bloom on the NBC drama New Amsterdam. Almost 90 episodes. She got paid to do that real well. So, like, good for her. I actually laughed out loud when, uh, that's a nice accent. What are you, Canadian? <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Like, such a drama line. Like, that That, that literally just made me, like, just belt out, like, fucking. I knew it was somewhere smart. <laughs> the smartest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you also see him like, you know, completely simping for her. You know, it's very, it's very transparent. Like he knows his boy, you know, it's like, it's just, it's just, uh, it's like they knew all along that they'd get him to come around. And like, that was, that's kind of why you don't really worry about drama. It's like you, it's like, he's there to remind you like how insecure he is and vulnerable he is. Um, it's comic relief, but it's like in the end, like he's always making a bigger deal out of every, that's why his name is Johnny drama. You know, it's, it's like. You're not really worried about him because the, his boys aren't really worried about him. They're like, dude, I'll talk to him. I'm working on him, Phil. Like, don't worry. Like, you know. We'll, we'll get drama to come around. He's crazy, but we'll get him. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, it's funny when you read it with your accent. No, it's just funny. He's a gorilla. Yeah, but he's a cute gorilla. Yeah, he does kind of look like me, doesn't he? <laughs> Something else is going on with you. What do you mean? I can hear it in your voice. You don't even know me. You're right. I'm sorry. It's just so humiliating. What is? I thought I was past selling myself out. This isn't selling yourself out. This is good. And you're going to be great in it. Can't you see that? Well, to be honest with you, when they first showed it to me, I thought they were making fun of me. I was embarrassed, and then I couldn't turn back. You can, and nobody is making fun of you. This could be a life changer. You think? Look, take the meeting with Phil. And if you still don't like what he has to say, then tell him to fuck off. Yeah, okay. Yeah. What was your favorite Ari Gold moment from this week's episode? I mean, I, I really, like, it's right, like I said before at the beginning, it kind of strikes a chord for me to see a Godfather reference. Um, but in general, I mean, like, just the previous episode, this episode, the next one, you see a lot of really good Ari Gold. Um, you see a lot of just, like, a, a lot of range from him. Um, and the most stereotypical one, obviously, is the flip out, where, like you said, like, at the at the time that you're watching this, you might be suspicious that the other shoe is going to drop somehow. But in essence, you've been waiting for him to explode on Amanda or get some kind of vengeance on Amanda. It's like that, that is definitely where you're like you're like you're cheering for him but you also are kind of like you're doing it reluctantly because you can just tell something's going to happen uh, and you see him like seething like drinking like you don't usually see that like you see him like staring at her like mugging her from across the restaurant <laughs> like uh it, it uh, that was that was probably my favorite is that you're you're waiting for something explosive completely agreed I will say, before he goes into the bathroom, he has an interaction with his wife, and he goes, I don't go to the bathroom. And she goes, you just went to the bathroom. And he goes, well, that was two scotches ago. And she goes, are you carrying your Blackberry? And he goes, I swear on our children's lives, I have no Blackberry on my person. 
which is 100% true. He is, in his mind, he's like, I'm not lying to my wife. I have a Blackberry in the bathroom. And that to me is like, he's so happy that he has a loophole to like shove in his wife's face. Still being deceptive. And he does, he does this also this thing with his fingers where it's like, like a blackjack dealer does when they're leaving, like changing, changing dealers. <laughs> um, but it's like more like this magical little thing. Um, kind of like, actually like one of my favorite it might be it's either it might be the episode before that like his little hand motions where he's like take it away babs it's like he's got <laughs> these like it's like his body movements always complement his his attitude um so yeah the great, great scene piven's parents are big in the theater scene on the northwest side of chicago and he grew up at a theater kid so that's probably a bit of his you know theater background i was re-watching seinfeld a few weeks ago and seeing him as the portrait stands uh awesome i gotta go to the bathroom you just went to the bathroom. That was two scotches ago. Are you carrying your Blackberry? I swear on our children's lives, I have no Blackberry on my person. Okay. All right. Uh, I, I was going to call you in the morning. Well, I want to talk to you right now. What? Harry Gold! Yeah! It's your waiter. Your wife asked me to make sure you went up to no good in here. Appreciate that. Coming out. Who besides Vince won this week's episode? And I will argue again that Vince did not win this week's episode. Vince is doing very badly this week. Well, I mean, like, Johnny is a winner, whether he wants to admit it or not. At the end of the episode, I think that he acknowledges it. I'd say Turtle is probably the biggest winner, but he's also like reluctant to be successful in this in this scenario, which is like it gives him it shows that he's got character and like a conscience, you know, so for me, it's like you're not you do he's wanted to be successful the entire time that we've seen him, but he's not willing to be like hook or crook get there. Like he's he wants to do it the right way. He doesn't want to fuck over his girlfriend's family, you know. Um, and I, I don't I think you remove the girlfriend from the equation, like he still has enough humanity in him to still say, like, look, I want this to be done the right way, ideally. Um yeah. so I but I think from a from a business standpoint, from a financial standpoint, he's probably got the most to win at this point, you know, as far as yeah. like life changing opportunities go i'd say it's a tie between drama and turtle drama finally has his own greenlit show that he's a star of and all these people phil udota e lloyd billy all are like gonna not profit off of it but like it's, they're all gonna like do well because of it and then you're right turtles getting all the attention funding he wants from mark cuban and now he's that very celebrities like early actor on board so it's probably probably two-way tie between those two and like you love to see it you know because normally it's it's the other way around and it's always e and vince winning Right. Uh, last question, and Danny, this has been a blast. Thank you, Dan, for joining me. Uh, was this an A-list, B-list, or D-list episode of Entourage, and we can do pluses and minuses? I mean, I'm personally going to call it an A. I can see why someone might call it in the B category. I mean, like, you could you could argue that you can take away points just by having Sasha there. You know, you could you could say that some of these cameos and some of these storylines were a little forced. Um, but I think that at this stage in the game it had been like such a uniform show and it might've been snowballing, but like they obviously like had to mix it up and maybe, yeah. maybe they, maybe they were forced to, who knows, but I thought that they did a good job as far as just like turning the tables to show we we've seen what super successful looks like. We've seen what super successful and the struggle leading there looks like. Now they're showing us what super, super down looks like super, super train wreck spiraling. Um, yeah. 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 Super About spiraling. to lose it all. Yeah. For me, I'd say B-list, maybe B-minus for the reasons you just said. Too many celebrity cameos. I don't love Mrs. Ari, like, just trying to clamp down Ari's, the phone stuff, and then it ultimately blown up in his face. And then I don't love her not joining him as he leaves the restaurant. He brings that up next week. Like, I'm humiliated, too. You didn't I don't know. It's just, we're both married men. Like, even if I have my worst moment, I need my wife to be there with me. I know she, her choosing to be like, go home, Ari. I'm going to stay here. Like, it just felt a little, like... She didn't want to be seen with them. So I, I don't want to give away either. too much about next episode for your listeners, but just to touch on what you just said, like we're both married and I know that my wife, for example, it's like I could be irritated or whatever about something 
And I know if she doesn't want to deal with it, she might turn the table on me about something that she was, you know, like, come, you know what I mean? It's like something, the way I presented the problem now, now that is more important than what I was trying to bring out. And, um, you know, it's not just reserved for women. I mean, like people do that all the time, but my point is that right there, seeing her being like, I'm embarrassed, like already she's tensions high, embarrassed. And now all of a sudden it's like, she's like paralyzed. And it's just like, I've never been in that kind of situation, but I, I definitely was like, oh yeah, like, like I can understand why she doesn't want to walk out. But then the next episode, he turns the table on her kind of where like, he knows that like he's in the doghouse. But then he says, like, he t his temperature changes quickly. And he's just like, some people here saw me walk out alone. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> the way right. he said that really just like, I just started chuckling, like, dude, like, you're never, ever going to just. Admit you're grasping. Yeah. The, the, yeah. There's no straws to grasp here. Yeah. Great show. Thanks for having me. Danny, this was a lot of fun, man. Thank you. Where can the listeners find you, follow you? I'm um, on Instagram and Twitter. I know this is a mouthful, at Time Immemorial with an underscore. And if you just search Sopranos, Time Immemorial on Facebook, if you're on there, if you're still on there, everything <laughs> I post on Instagram goes there as well. So um, so yeah, that's where you can find me. What about the the clothing line? Are you still doing the Muerta? Oh, that's right. Um, So Muerta is, is O... Again, another mouthful. O M W E A R T A. So Amerta, just replace that with a W. Omerta, and it's just mob movie Sopranos themed clothing. Um, I think that if you if you like mob movies or Sopranos in general, like this this is definitely like a it, it, they're subtle but yet obvious references. You know that's that's the whole business model basically. And I'm sure our audience and your audience have a little bit of overlap. So if you guys are interested in checking out Danny's merch, his memes, all the content he's creating on behalf of one of the best shows in all of television history, give him a follow. Thank you guys for listening. Danny, thank you for joining. And I'm definitely going to try to have you back in season eight. Hey, man, thanks for having me. And we should do, a, we should do an entourage shirt. Let's do it. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Cool.